In the 1929 Rose Bowl between Georgia Tech and University of California, Georgia Tech fumbled the ball. It was recovered by a player from the University of California. But in his confusion, he began running the wrong way and almost scored a touchdown for Georgia Tech. But his own team member tackled him just before he went into the end zone. When halftime, this player that went the wrong way comes into the locker room with a towel over his head. He's just totally embarrassed. Well, to his surprise, as the coach announces the starting lineup for the second half, he's being put back in the game. He goes to the coach and says, Coach, I've disgraced myself. I've disgraced the team. I can't even go back out into the stadium. The coach looked at him and says, Get back in the game. It's only halftime. The game is only half over. Well, perhaps we come to Mass this weekend feeling defeated. The value of both amendments failed. What's the message for us? It's only halftime. We've got to get back in the game. It's only half over. We can't give way to discouragement or despair. As I was reflecting on the vote this week, the beatitude came to mind, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be satisfied. We will be satisfied. In the end, we know Jesus will be victorious. Life will be victorious. Christ has won the victory. But it's good that we actually mourn this defeat. I mean, we are saddened that over 50% of Kansas voted to, reg- to keep abortion legal. This is the most important human rights issue of our day. And so the fact that we grieve shows that we actually care, that we actually care about humanity and human life. I want to thank our parishioners for all that they did to work so hard in their efforts to pass this amendment. People prayed a lot. They went to mass. They offered sacrifices. Our parishioners went door to door. They made phone calls. They lent financial support. Yes, we lost, but we should be proud as a community that we really fought for life. So we grieve, but we don't give way to despair or discouragement. We know it's only half time. God isn't worried right now. He's not up there wringing his hands thinking, what am I going to do now? In fact, listen to his words in the gospel. Be not afraid, little flock, for your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. God is with us in the person of Jesus. The kingdom of God is at hand. There's no reason to give way to fear right now or despondency or to throw in the towel. Do you ever think about that, that where Jesus is, the kingdom of God is at hand? Jesus is with us. The kingdom of God is at hand here at Mass. And when we come up to receive Holy Communion, The kingdom of God then is within our souls and we're called to go forth and bring the kingdom of God out into the world. There's no room in the Christian life for what we call all the Ds, despondency, discouragement, despair, doubt. Last summer, I read the book, Overcoming Spiritual Discouragement. It's by Father Timothy Gallagher. In the book, he provides many pearls of wisdom from venerable Bruno Lenteri. Here's a few pearls from Bruno. Be on guard against discouragement and lack of trust. Keep far from you the spirit of sadness and melancholy. One of the mantras over and over in the book is begin again, begin again. We should never tire of rising back up and beginning again. St. Paul tells us, do not grow weary, brothers and sisters, of doing good. We remember the game is only half over. It's halftime. we got to get back in the game. Well, the priests were discussing the vote this week, and Father Luke said, you know, I think this really shows that we're in apostolic times, and we have to be a church on mission. 
What does it mean we're in apostolic times? Well, there was a book that came out last summer called From Christendom to Apostolic Times, and the author argued that, yes, at one time we lived in Christendom, in a culture that supported our Christian faith. We lived in a culture that supported God's plan for marriage, family life, decency, teaching right from wrong, virtue, manners, obedience, and just plain civility. But now we find ourselves living in a culture hostile to our Christian faith. We're back in apostolic times. Think about Jesus when he called his 12 apostles. The whole world was pagan. Well, we're living kind of in a society now where many people are atheistic and they're hostile to our Christian way of life. Well, last summer at the Amazing Parish Conference, Archbishop Sample from Portland gave the closing homily, and he said, okay, in the face of living in a culture hostile to our Christian faith, we really have one of three choices. Number one, we can go along to get along. We can kind of cover over our faith and just kind of go along with the culture. I think many of us would be surprised how many so-called Christians voted no on the value them both amendment. There are a lot of people today who are Christian in name only. Well, secondly, he said, well, we can retreat. We can circle the wagons. We can go into hiding. We can withdraw from the world. And he said, you know, there are a lot of Catholics doing that. But he said, there's a third way. We can boldly meet the culture with the power of the gospel. Jesus has the power to change hearts. The gospel is transformative. In other words, we can go on mission." we got to get back in the game and wake up. Isn't this what the gospel is calling us today? To be vigilant, gird your loins, light your lamps, be like people, servants awaiting their master's return from the wedding. Jesus in the gospel is giving us a recipe for vigilance and readiness. Three points. First, got to reassess our priorities, especially our relationship with wealth and material things. Jesus tells us, sell your belongings, give alms, provide money back for yourselves that do not wear out an inexhaustible treasure in heaven. We live in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. Hey, I live in Johnson County too, and I can say there's a lot of us who've kind of become fat and happy. We've looked for our comfort in material things, in the luxuries of the world, and we've come kind of mediocre. We've got to wake up and get back in the game. What underlies our greed? It's really a lack of trust. We're called to this vigilant faith, and that vigilance means detachment from material things. Not looking for our trust in our 401k plan, our retirement plan, but looking for our trust in our Father. Do we really have trust in our Father that He's going to provide everything that we need, that He will provide the good for us? Paul says in the second reading that Abraham is our example of faith. Think about for a minute the life of Abraham. Here he is, he's called as an old man to leave his land. The Bible says he doesn't even know where he's going. And he said, your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Look up and see them. Well, he's looking up in the daytime. He doesn't see any stars. And then he's told he's going to be given an heir. And yet his wife is beyond childbearing years. Talk about somebody that needs tremendous faith and trust that God is going to do the impossible. Do we have the trust and faith like Abraham that the impossible is really possible with Christ? we got to reassess our priorities here in Johnson County. Second, be ready to work for the kingdom. Jesus says, gird your loins. This is another way of saying, look, you got to roll up your sleeves. 
We got to get to work. You know, I heard an analogy of the football game that there's 22 players on the field who desperately are in need of rest, and the game is watched by thousands of people desperately in need of exercise. And this could describe the church today. We got a lot of people on the sidelines. We got to roll up our sleeves and get into the game. And you know, as the abortion industry takes root in our state, we're going to need people to walk with moms, to support our crisis pregnancy centers. I think Pope Francis has it right when he says, we got to accompany people. And this takes a lot of investment of time and energy to walk with women in crisis to help them choose life. Third, read the word of God. Jesus says, light your lamps. In another place in the Bible, it says, the scriptures are a lamp unto our feet. As we're living in a largely a culture hostile to our faith, we got to be immersed in the word of God. Taking time for a daily prayer or daily mental prayer, reading scripture. At our men's group this week, someone posed the question, well, what are we going to do now? The value of them both amendment failed. Well, this is what we got to do. We got to keep praying, keep offering sacrifice. And then we got to radiate peace and joy. Isn't that ultimately what's going to attract people to Jesus? It's not going to be to leave here angry, resentful, bitter, antagonistic. No, we got to meet this culture of death with life and love, with compassion, walking with people, showing empathy, showing that we really care. I'm so proud of our people here at St. Michael. They stood up for life. We really care about life. As we leave here today, remember the game is only half over. This is halftime, and we know who wins this game. Life will be victorious.